Welcome to Small Business Big Network, the podcast for small business owners who want big results from their networking. I'm Liz Drury, a freelance voiceover artist who knows that if you're not working, then networking could help. Kavita Soundararajan is the founder of Isifiso, a company that specialises in upcycling unwanted fabric. Kavita likes to network with women-only groups and has found them to be a great source of friendship and learning. Thank you very much for being my podcast guest today. Thank you. It's great being here. Now, you're the founder of an eco-friendly company, which we'll talk about in a minute. But what's your background? What did you do before being in business? Oh, a number of things. Um, I started my working career as a dressmaker. So I used to work for a local fashion boutique Mm. in my home city in India. And then I went to work for an export house uh, making clothes for the large fast fashion brands. So I was working on the uh, factory floor, supervising. Um, So my my career started with dressmaking. That's where I wanted to be. Yeah. it was quite difficult to pursue it at that time in India. So I switched to software engineering because that was quite <laughs> taking off. And I realized after I started doing it that that is quite creative too because mm. I was creating solutions for people's problems. Mm. Um, the natural link is that my sister was in software engineering and she was a teacher. She used uh. to teach programming so she said rather than being down in the dumps why don't you come and do this with me and that's how it started so I've got 19 years of experience in the software industry and I've worked for um, work for it in India and over here and I work for big names and and also public services like DEFRA and the law the you know the the Mm -hmm. courts yeah. Uh, so I've worked in a variety of places. The last job was in an investment bank. And then I took a break from that to have my children. Mm-hmm. And I did not want to go back to the whole male dominated mm-hmm. nine to five, Monday to Friday mm-hmm. job because I still had a young child at home. And I knew that it wasn't very female centric work yeah. ethic. And I knew I would struggle. So I decided to just stay home, have my second son. And then as I was twiddling my thumbs, <laughs> this came about. But quite accidentally, I didn't set out to be an entrepreneur. Right. It was something that just landed. And so you kind of come full circle because you're back to dealing with textiles again. So how how did this come about accidentally then? What brought you to this? <laughs> Okay, so I used to, because after my second son and he had gone to nursery, I was I was a bit bored. I didn't want to go back to work. Mm. So I used to go for a local sewing classes to keep myself occupied mm. and also meet other people. And it is, it's great help, but sewing has always been my crutch for my mental health. So yeah. it's always helped me with my anxiety or my stress. It's always been a, a great stress reliever for me. So I started going to there and then uh, a neighbor found out that I can sew and she can sew. So she said, I need some help because she wanted to run a market stall at the local fair in the park opposite. And she wondered if I would do it with her because Mm. it was too daunting for her to do it on her own. So it started out as helping somebody because if you had asked me, would you run a business? I would have said, get out of here, not for me. (laughs) 
Because <laughs> I never wanted to monetize sewing because sewing for me was something very personal. Yeah. It was something that brought me joy. So I didn't want to, you know, make it commercially. But because she wanted me to help with her. So I made some kids clothing, went along to the fair. But I don't do anything halfway. Mm-hmm. You know, it's got to be either the full bang or nothing. <laughs> and so I made up a business name set up a Facebook page, (laughs) made my first photograph, product photograph, and posted it all before the night before the market stall. And that is how Easy Fiso came about. And I think I did not realize the seriousness or the importance of what I was doing. Mm. Because one, the name has stuck with me all these years, three years (laughs) later, that I didn't, you know, I didn't think about it too much for me. It meant something. The word resonated with me because it means destiny. Mm. And as you said, I've come a full circle. And that's what I was thinking about. Like I've come a full circle. So I stuck with that. And so I went and and the the other part of the seriousness that I didn't realize was that the the bug of being an entrepreneur. Mm. I didn't expect it to bite me like that. You know, (laughs) I didn't fall under the, the thing of being a businesswoman. So I... I got sucked in and that was it. There was there was no turning back after that. <laughs> and so you're you're working in uh, in textiles but in a in a sustainable way. What was it that attracted you to the sort of sustainable sector? Um sustainability is something uh, not to boast but a lot of middle class indians kind of do quite naturally mm-hmm. because resources are tight in india especially when i was growing up so we've always been very like you know save the water don't waste electricity mm. make sure you use your clothing 10 times you know i grew up on hand me downs all the time um so the, which is also probably why i learned to sew because i wanted to get out of the cycle of just wearing my sister's old cast <laughs> uh so it's always been there but it was never a a big part of our lives it was there in the background always but when i don't know if you remember when the whole xr extinction rebellion kicked off mm-hmm. in central london and they were chaining themselves to the uh, the you know by the river mm. by the railings and everything we were on holiday at that time watching it unfold on the news and i suddenly felt like this is what i was supposed to be doing i mean this is such an important issue and something i've been we've been doing quite passionately at home but never talking about it so mm-hmm. me and my husband made it our life's mission to turn completely to the sustainable way he works in sustainability he gave up his previous job he retrained he he's a sustainability consultant for a, a charity here in london and i when i was doing so that was in the background and then the business came about so after i did the market stall i thought i can't do this business without being sustainable mm. so that came to that pivot so i had to pivot to say if i'm doing something then it's not with without thought it has to be you know uh, a properly thought out designed for effort and that is how it became a sustainable business at that point so at the first post if you go scroll down all the way in Facebook that was just about buy my dress please thank you very Mm -hmm. much and that was it so tell me where do your textiles come from so my textile, so right now, it comes from the community. So community's waste has become my treasure. Mm-hmm. If you think about it, a, a a quilt maker, like somebody at home who makes quilts for their grandchildren or dresses for their uh, niece or nephew, 
the offcuts, the little scraps of fabrics on the side of the garment is usually thrown because we live in a very use and throw culture and a lot yeah. of people throw away that fabric because as soon as they're concerned the project's finished they've got no use for it so i set up a small rescue scheme with my sewing class that i mentioned and i hung a bag by the bin saying mm -hmm. rather than put the scraps in the bin can you put this in the bag for me i'll do something with it so it started out as a Tesco bag or a Sainsbury's <laughs> bag. I can't remember. A supermarket bag. Let's keep it at that. Um, and from there, it's come to 18 kilos of fabrics that I've sourced so far. This is all waste. People that who don't need it anymore. So from curtain makers to people who make wedding dresses, be it mm -hmm. anybody, if they're in their dressmaking in my local area, I'm like, oh, what do you do with your offcuts? Can I have it, please? Um, so my sewing studio is filled with all these offcuts and stuff. When I can't do something with it, then I find a another sustainable alternative to uh, to give that off to, mm -hmm. so that they can do something with it, gift it to. Yeah. Um, but all my fabrics, I don't buy fabrics anymore. Um, I used to when I used to make for myself, but I've learned the error of my ways. <laughs> So tell tell me what you make with all these uh, bits of fabric that you get uh, you get given. So I make a lot of sustainable and reusable products. So I, my um, concept is that the waste that I've rescued goes on to reducing further waste. Mm -hmm. That's the uh, concept I'm going with. So it's based on the circular business model where everything that's already is in use is to be kept used. So I make instead of say paper towels let me give me an example paper mm -hmm. towels we all use paper towels at home to wipe our kitchen surfaces mm -hmm. rather than paper towels i make cloth wipes yeah so it's made with one side is made with upcycled toweling toweling that people throw out and the the other side of it is with cotton fabrics that i've rescued from landfill these towels will last you two to three years you put them in the regular wash you take them out you use it again if you have a pack of three that should be plenty. It'll go keep going for the next couple of years. So that's that's one of the products I make. Mm -hmm. I also make like little hair clips because when I get a scrap, I don't know how big the scrap's going to be. Yeah. And depending on the size of the scrap, I have to design my products. Mm -hmm. um, so if the, for the smaller scraps, I make things like a little girl's hair clips. Um, and a slightly bigger, I make scrunchies. So I've had to adapt it from just sustainable products to other products because I don't know what to do with the young, the smaller scraps. So mm -hmm. I have to find a way to use all of it. And even the finer scraps from any of this cutting, I collect that in a bag to make filling for other products. Mm. So it, it, nothing goes to waste. Yeah. It's all in circulation. Yeah. And where do you sell your products? Mainly at market stalls and online via my website. So um, I do a lot of market stalls in South London uh, where I take my products. I talk mainly about my sustainability because it's a good opportunity for me to talk about the change that we need to bring about, mm -hmm. the change that we need to make in our everyday lives. And also, while you're there, would you like to buy my products? That's yeah. how I kind of pitch it. Yeah. Um, and I also uh, do online. I used to do Etsy, but I've stopped predominantly Etsy so I do my website and on there and it's word of mouth yeah the people who know me kind of say would you make that for me yeah and I believe that you run some workshops as well 
Yes, this is a new venture. I'm really excited about it. It's sewing and mending and upcycling workshops that I'd run. The reason, the underlying reasons behind it are, as I said to you before, sewing has been a crutch for my mental health. It's really helped me see through some difficult days, you know, early days mm -hmm. of childbearing and the um, isolation that comes from having a new baby and being indoors all the time, that kind of stuff, you know, it's it's really helped me and I've seen the effect it has on me. Like when I come into my space, it gives me a zen. Mm -hmm. So I want to share that joy with other people like you know spread that message that doing something mindful with your hands is very good for you the second part of it is about sustainability the more we learn and appreciate what goes into making a garment and we, the more we look after it the less we will buy and consume yeah. so that's another way for me to promote my sustainability messages so i start i've started running sewing and mending classes that are simple easy to learn with the most important skills that you need i'm not talking about making a you know a dress for your mm -hmm. prom i'm talking about very basic skills that we all need to learn my target is i want to get every londoner sewing that's the target i've set myself so i'm working towards that that's a great target <laughs> so wh where where are you currently uh, running your workshops uh, the workshops are uh, run from my home at the moment and also in collaboration with other local sustainable businesses at their venues. So if you have a local sustainable business near you and you'd like to see my workshop there, I will come with my kit and mm -hmm. I will run it for you or your members list. I also run private groups where groups of, say, five to eight people, if they want to get together with their friends and do an evening, mm -hmm. then I can figure out the space closer to where they are and run it like that. So I do things like that. I'm trying to do more of the team building workshops because I feel like our work environments are very stressful and we don't do enough things to de-stress. So I want to take it to the offices and say, this is another way to build teams. Mm -hmm. Let's all work together to mend something together. Yeah. And are people finding it finding it easy to pick the skills up? Yes, they are. I've just actually, just before I came on here, I was reading the um, reviews from my previous workshop that I've just finished. Mm -hmm. And if the, the common theme between all of the comments is that the classes were easy to understand, fun and simple. These are their words. Yeah. And I thought, yes, I've achieved what I've set out to do because they... The, the three things I want to attack or cover as part of my sewing workshops, attack sounds <laughs> quite painful, uh, is, is the mental health, the part of the movement meditation, as I call it, because mm. you're doing something and it's quite a meditative process. It, to build your confidence so you learn a new skill, but you learn it with simple skills so you feel like, yeah, I can do that. I'm mm -hmm. going to go home and give it a go. And the third part of it is the sustainability. And the reviews so far, people are saying exactly the same thing. So, And most of them have said they'll go home and finish the projects that they've started, which is a, a great uh, positive. Yeah. I've also offered everybody extended email support. So if they ever wanted any more um, tips, tricks, figure out how to do this they can always email me so that's part of the workshop deal that you get extended support with me i want to build a whatsapp group so we can all teach each other and stay connected and learn from each other 
because community is what I think is going to keep us going. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to build a community that's underpinned by creativity and mending and sewing. Yeah. Anything to do with sewing, I'm there. <laughs> so if uh, you know, people in other parts of the country who, who aren't near you and can mm. offload their scraps onto you, what should we be doing with unwanted clothing or, or textiles? Interesting, but a difficult question to answer. Mm. Um, because the problem is a lot of councils um, burn textiles right because they generate power from it mm-hmm. and my council does that because it goes in the black the waste bin and then they burn it and mm-hmm. that is quite toxic because yeah. of the air pollution that it'll cause um the second part of it is that there are not that many recyclable centers where uh, fabrics are recycled mm-hmm. so i would say the best place to do this would be is to donate it to other sewing places like workplaces that run workshops, charities that support women um, in distress of some kind mm-hmm. who will run workshops for them. Those are the kind of places you donate because there are a lot of people out there who want to learn to sew but can't afford to buy mm-hmm. fabrics. Yeah, And they will find those fabrics useful. It will have to be like searched for in the local area. Unfortunately, there isn't like a a structure or an organization yeah. so in london there is there are a couple of charities that are collect fabrics like that and do something with it i can i have to make a list for up north or yeah. somewhere else <laughs> other than london but I, I right now i'm looking at it london because it, it's useful to me so yes. i'm looking at them but so let's have a chat about uh, about networking now then how do you like to go about networking for your business networking for my business for me it has to be natural for me it has to be where it's a friendly you know the kind of people uh, that are going to be there so I I like to go there Um, and one of my key rules for networking is I network only in women's only groups if Mm -hmm. I can avoid it because I find that women only groups have a different energy to when it's a mixed group with men as well involved in it uh, for rightly or wrongly Mm. it feels very different to me so I network mainly in my local business network so you know the local bids that are run in various parts of the country Mm -hmm. run by um, in especially in London the mayor of London supports these bids which are business development centers so they run a little whatsapp group so I'm part of two of them I I join um, Facebook groups that are in my space. So I'm part of a Women in Sustainable Business Facebook group because then you get energy, positive energy Mm -hmm. of people. You kind of learn from each other, those kind of um, setups. And if I've done a business development course, I'm the first person to say, can we start a WhatsApp group so we all can (laughs) stay in touch? And so it's more informal like that because we have a point of reference, if you mm-hmm. like, you know, like we've all done the course together. Yeah. And so we understand the trials and tribulations they might have, they might face yeah. after that. And so what, what have you found that has come from networking? What, what have you got out of it? What have I got out of it? A lot, really. Um, friendships, um, mainly. I have mm-hmm. made friends on Instagram lives that I have talked to people. I mean, that wasn't like you don't go there to network, right? But you're hanging mm-hmm. out together, but you find a like-minded yeah. person yeah. and you get talking 
And I've got friends all over the world like that just purely because I talk to them and I chat and we exchange ideas. So if not anything, it is a great way to um, motivate yourself because you're seeing other people do some amazing things and you think, oh, if she can do it, I'm sure I can follow mm -hmm. in the same footsteps. So it's it's kind of motivating from that perspective. The other reason I think is is just the sheer amount of knowledge that are, that's out there yeah. and the amount of challenges that solopreneurs face, I think the only way we can overcome the challenges and learn more from the knowledge base is by talking to each other because we can't do all this on our own. Nothing can be achieved on our own. A single tree doesn't make a forest, as they say. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we all need to stick together and work together. And especially in an area like, sustainability where we need more people to join forces that's you know that's the only way the voice is going to be louder against the mainstream fast fashion and base-based culture so it's powerful to network like that like i know i was standing in a queue at a restaurant and i got chatting and i made friends with the people yeah. standing behind me in the queue and that's one form of networking networking yeah. doesn't yeah. have to be like this, oh, you go to a business meeting with a tie and a power suit and hand out business cards, right? No, no. it could definitely be much definitely more informal than that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. When you put me in a formal setup, I'm, I, I run because I can't do that. <laughs> so if people want to find out more about you and your business and your workshops, what is the best place for them to find and connect with you? Find and connect with me. I hang out on Instagram mainly. So you can find me on Instagram. All the links to my business is on my website. So it's a good way to find my social links. So my website is T-H-E-I-S-I-F-I-S-O, theisifiso.com. And it has all my links and my Instagram's on there and Basically, you come and message me on Instagram. I'm on it. I'll reply to it straight away. Um, and there's also my email address. So that's a good way. All my workshops should be on my website. And you can contact me if you want a, a specific designed for you sort of workshop that can be done. And all my products are on my website too. Um, and I hang out on LinkedIn more and more nowadays. Um, so you can find me on LinkedIn as my, under my name, Kavita Soundararajan. And it's quite a long uh, link, isn't it, for LinkedIn? LinkedIn.com slash IN slash Kavita yes. We can put it in the show notes so people can get That's directly brilliant. there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Lovely. Well, thank you very much for sharing your story. Uh, and best of luck with, with the workshops. I wish I was closer to you and I would come. <laughs> Ah, oh, great. Maybe I will expand and I will come to your area very soon. You should. You should. Yeah. <laughs> Lovely talking to you, Liz. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Small Business Big Network. If you found this podcast useful, please do rate, review and subscribe. And don't forget to share it with the rest of your network too.